Hello, hola from La Ciudad de Mexico. Hello from Mexico City. See how close Spanish is to English? Um, hello from Mexico City. Today is November 15th, 2019. And this is either the 16th or 17th episode or chapter of my podcast, My Mexican Mistakes. And since you've already seen in the first 30 seconds of this podcast that I have no idea or a vague idea of what episode I'm on, and I still haven't decided if they're chapters or episodes, and uh, I don't exactly know all the platforms the podcast is on, but I know it's on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Anchor. And then like six other ones that I don't know. Um, But anyway, so you can tell by all that complete confusion, it's amazing I've gotten this far. And when I say this far, I mean, it's been five and a half months since I moved to Mexico City from Chicago. And I was never in Mexico before. Before I made the decision to move here, I had never been to Mexico. And... Uh, I also only learned my Spanish from telenovelas. So if I wanted to tell someone, or if I want to tell someone, I love you, I hate you, I'm pregnant, get out, and what are you doing here? Or what do you want? Uh, outside of that, I pretty much don't speak Spanish. Um, so if I need to ask, like, where's the dry cleaners? Or what time does the bus come? Yeah, I have no idea how to have those conversations. But if uh, by some magic I'm pregnant, I know how to yell, Estoy imperizada. Um, So, having said all that, I want to talk about, for the most part, tell you about my birthday here in Mexico City. It was November 7th, and... You know, it was one of my firsts in that it was the first birthday I was celebrating in Mexico City. And so, you know, when you're home, um, you can pretty much count on seeing your family, friends. uh, You know, your birthday is sort of a big deal, uh, you know, in your home place. But if you're a stranger in a strange land, which I know is super dramatic, I'd like to point out. Um, But, you know, I am sort of a stranger in a new country, and I do have friends here. But, you know, you don't, you know, you're not going to have, or I should say, I knew I wasn't going to have the kind of birthday here that I would have had at home. And I'm not saying that's bad and I'm not saying it's good. It's just different. It's all part of the experience. It's all part of sort of the fear and excitement of living in a brand new place and also not really speaking the language, understanding the metric system or the money system, even though it's on the decimal system, so I should be able to figure it out, but I can't. Um, So having said all that, what was I going to do on my birthday? How was I going to celebrate my birthday? Well, I decided that what I one of the things I've missed so much is like a delicious American cheeseburger. And I thought, you know what? 
I'm going to go and get a cheeseburger, which I know sounds lame, but if on your birthday you can do whatever you want, uh, and uh, since I can't star in a telenovela, which would be, you know, exactly what I want, I guess next best thing is get that cheeseburger with extra pickles um, that is so easy to get in Chicago, but yet a little tougher here. There's plenty of places that sell cheeseburgers, don't get me wrong. But I wanted one that tasted like I was back home. And there is a Shake Shack. There's actually two Shake Shacks in Mexico City. And I knew that one of them was on Reforma, which is one of the widest streets in the world. It's so wide that the median is a park. Like you get halfway across the street and then you could just hang out in the park for a while before you try your luck at crossing the second half of the street. Now there are traffic lights, but I don't think a light exists that is long enough to get you completely across the street in one go. So that's why I think there's a median in the park, uh, in, in between uh, the directions of Reforma. It's beautiful. It has uh, you know lovely restaurants and hotels and big office towers and uh, all sorts of stores. And uh, for those of you listening to this in Chicago, if you took Michigan Avenue, which in my opinion has got, like, it's gotten kind of lousy. Um, a lot of those stores are sort of low-rent stores now, which is hugely disappointing. Not that I had the money to shop in the high-end stores, but it was, like, nice to have them. And now Michigan Avenue is sort of going the way of some schlocky mall. But... If you imagine Michigan Avenue like, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, and then picture it like 30 times as wide, that's Reforma. So I thought, you know what, for my birthday, I'm going to get a delicious American style cheeseburger with extra pickles from Shake Shack. And then I'm going to walk up and down Reforma because Reforma still had the gigantic skulls. Um, and when I say gigantic, I don't mean like maybe five times bigger than an average skull of a person. I mean like 1,500 times bigger, like a skull as big as a person. So if, again, for people in Chicago, if you remember cows on parade, the big cows, which I still don't know what the point of that was. Like, I like cows, don't get me wrong, but... Who made the decision, oh, let's have a lot of cows all over Chicago? Again, I have nothing against cows. I just wonder why that was the animal of choice. Was that because the cow kicked over the lantern in Mrs. O'Leary's barn that started the Chicago fire? Well, if that's the case, then why would you have a tribute to the animal that caused the Chicago fire? I don't know. You know, I'll be honest, I don't remember why it was cows. But in any event, remember those cows all over the city? The skulls are like the cows for Day of the Dead. But then the skulls are painted all these beautiful colors and all these designs and um, very artistic and totally cool. And I had seen the skulls from um, the bus on Reforma, but I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to go see the skulls. And then when I'm done with Reforma, I will spend the second half of my birthday day 
in a neighborhood here known as Polanco. Now, Polanco is, I guess, the ritziest neighborhood in Mexico City. Reforma's pretty ritzy, but Polanco is even ritzier. And there's this avenue, Mazarik, named after, I guess, a Czechoslovakian president, um, which is not as wide as Reforma, but it's pretty wide. It uh, has every store you would need if you were Ava Gabor in Green Acres and you and Oliver took a trip back to the city. Um, you know, left the farm for the day and went back to the city. Lisa from Green Acres would love Avenida Mazarique. And so I think that tells you everything you need to know about Avenida Mazarique. So if you're like, oh, I really need a Louis Vuitton purse, you're going to Avenida Mazarique. Oh, I need some new Christian Dior makeup, you're going to Avenida Mazarique. These are not things I go shopping for, but I thought for my birthday, I would pretend that I was rich and I would wander around Reforma after my American cheeseburger, and then I would go to Polanco, and I had planned to go to a museum in Polanco called the Sumaya, which is beautiful. Um, I've only seen it from the outside, and I never made it into the museum, and I'll tell you why in a minute, but it's like a stunning building. Like, you, people who have not been to Mexico or Mexico City, and that includes me before I moved here, you would not believe the elegance and glamour of Mexico City. I am not a person who leads an elegant lifestyle, nor do I lead a glamorous lifestyle, but it's super cool to be in a city where some people do. And the public spaces and buildings in Mexico City would just knock you out. And the uh, Sumaya Museum is one of them. So I thought, well, okay, so that'll be my plan. So I get to Shake Shack and there's already a line because I believe it is a law, a universal law, like, you know, energy equals, I don't know, that, that law by uh, Albert Einstein, um, E equals MC2. I don't remember what it all stands for, but that's like a universal law, like no matter where you are in the world, that law is true. Um, it's the same thing for Shake Shack. No matter where you are in the world, if you're at a Shake Shack, you're going to be in line. And the line is, you know, went outside. And it wasn't that long of a line because it was still pretty early for lunch here. Not early for lunch if you're from Chicago because our idea of lunch is noon. Like when it's noon, we want lunch. In Mexico, at least Mexico City, lunch starts about 2 and then goes till about 7. So I got there about one, so there was a little bit of a line, but not too much, but the line was outside. But because Mexico City is so ultra-civilized, there's umbrellas that you can take to hold if it's either really sunny or really raining, and in Mexico City, it could be either one at any given time. So I didn't think it was that sunny, but I guess some people did because, like, most of the line was standing under Shake Shack umbrellas. And then before you go in, you just deposit the umbrella back in the container. And, you know, it's just, I, I've been to a lot of restaurants in Chicago. 
and I probably haven't waited outside in line for many of them, but I don't know that I've seen any business in Chicago that gives you umbrellas to use while you're waiting outside to get in. Having said that, the line, maybe I waited five, 10 minutes. Get in, order my cheeseburger with extra pickles, um, uh, and I got you know the fries and a root beer, and uh, it was just a great uh, lunch, and it was exactly what I wanted to eat on my birthday. Now, I have to tell you this. Before I left to go out on my big birthday adventure, I ran into one of the gardeners uh, that works on the place where I live. And, you know, we exchanged, oh, hello, how are you, in Spanish. And then he asked me if I was waiting, because I was clearly like waiting for something. I was standing outside waiting for an Uber. And I said, yes, I'm, uh, you know, today's my birthday and I'm going to Reforma. And he said, how are you, you know, wish me happy birthday. And then said, how are you celebrating your birthday? And I wasn't really thinking of how this was going to sound to him. And I said, I'm going to get a cheeseburger, which in retrospect, I realize now made me sound super pathetic. Like, how are you celebrating your birthday? I'm going to get a cheeseburger. It didn't even occur to me how lame that was because I was so happy about it. And, you know, he kind of got a funny look on his face and he was like, have a good time, I guess. Um, And then we parted, the Uber came, and I went to Reforma. So then I had the cheeseburger and then I wandered up and down Reforma and uh, took a lot of photos of the cows. And if you want to see what those cows look like, um, there's a photo on my Facebook page or my, and my Instagram, just kind of a compilation of many of the gigantic cows. And then um, just a little further down the street, and I'm saying down the street because I can't tell you if that direction is north, south, east, or west, because in Mexico City, there, there's like no compass like there is in Chicago, Lake Michigan. Like if you know where Lake Michigan is, then you know exactly what direction you're going. I don't have that compass here. So I can't tell you if the other thing I saw was north, south, east, or west. Um, I'm going to guess that it was north, but I could be wrong. Um, but just up the street from the cows was an exhibit of gigantic, they're dogs, but... I can't venture to pronounce the name of what they're called, but they're like these spirit dogs. Like if you saw the movie Coco, which if you didn't, by the way, you should see. It's so tremendous. But there's an example of the spirit dog in the movie Coco. And they're brightly painted and they have kind of odd looking features and they can fly. And they're your spirit animal. And they're very, again, very prominent for Day of the Dead. And so they, just up the street on Reforma, they had all of those dogs, painted dogs, and benches with, uh, like, the Katerina figure. and Because Day of the Dead isn't Day of the Dead. It's like months of the dead. And the exhibits stay up forever. Uh, so it was a great opportunity to see those things up close. Then... I left Reforma after a couple of hours and I went to Polanco. 
get to the museum, but it was one of the most beautiful days here. It was exactly what you'd want in weather. It was 75 degrees on the dot. It was sunny, but not super sunny. It, there wasn't a cloud in the sky, and there really wasn't much wind. And it was just the kind of day that you just want to be outside in. And so I thought, you know what? I will save the museum for a different day, um, you know, when it's rainy or something. And I'm just going to hang out outside. And so I wandered all through Polanco. And the thing that is impressive in Polanco are not the stores that are, you know, super expensive that we actually do have in Chicago. Um, it's not like, you know, you've never seen a Louis Vuitton store before. Um, and nor, quite frankly, you know, how many can you see in your life? It's not even that interesting. What was really beautiful about Polanco was like the architecture um, and the streets that are all named after really famous authors, these small side streets that shoot off Avenue Mazarique that are named after like every author you ever heard of, except like Sidney Sheldon, you know, or uh, that guy. But outside of that, it's like all these famous authors and beautiful buildings and um, beautiful little shops and restaurants and bookstores. And uh, it's just a, a wonderful place to be, especially, again, if the weather's perfect. Uh, you just could wander around forever. I did go into this small, it, it's, I guess it was a mall, but it really was not like any kind of a mall I've ever seen. It was outside, and it was like in a little cobblestone area built around a fountain, and there were maybe like 20 or 25 stores. Um, very small, uh, very like boutique-y, and again, not the kind of places I'd be shopping in, mainly because, you know, I... Uh, what was drilled into me growing up by my mother is make sure you buy something where you can return it. And these didn't look like any stores where you could return it. My mother was the queen of the returns. Uh, you know, best example I could give you is she bought some comforters from Marshall Fields many years ago. And uh, when she washed it, this is like six months, like, you know, for however, however many times she washed that comforter in six months, at the end of six months, she returned it, and she told them, I've had this comforter for six months. I've washed it, I don't know how many times, um, and it just hasn't held up, and they took it back. Uh, nobody could return like my mother, and so every time I go to shop in a store that looks like it wouldn't maybe take a return, I'm sort of stopped by that. So none of these stores look like the place where you could return anything, but yet... They were just beautiful furniture, um, ex home ex a lot of home accessory stores and uh, a couple of um, beauty salons and kids stores and, you know, and then there's some restaurants. But the thing about this mall is this. I think they need a new branding um, expert because there were two very unusual names. One was a restaurant called Snob. Now, who wants to eat at a restaurant called Snob? Like, what do you say? Oh, let's go to Snob for lunch. Like, snobs never want to be called a snob, number one. And people who aren't snobs certainly don't want to think of themselves as snobs. 
So I'd like to know who the market is for the restaurant called Snob. They could have great food. They could have great service. Although I watched it for a while because we had some outdoor cafes. And if you ask me, the snobbiest people in the restaurant were the waiters who acted kind of snobby. Um, but I don't know anybody that wants to eat at a place called Snob. And then there was a home accessory store. One of those stores that sells like, you know, if you need a last minute gift or, uh, you know, I don't know. They had some jewelry and stuff, like a little bit of everything. Not a bad looking store, but a terrible name called Things. Now, I am the last person to make fun of anybody for the way they use a different language. But they had to know that things, what things are, and like to put an exclamation point on it, like things, like even in Spanish, if the word would be the same, uh, cosas, I guess, and that would be things. And why would anybody think that things is such a great name for a store? Like things, we have things here. Um, I, you know, there had to be something better than things. And then I wish I could be there for when whoever had the idea to name that store things said, and let's put an exclamation point at the end of it. So people really know we have things here. Um, anyway, and I went into the store and they had some lovely things, but I just wanted to tell them, I don't know, things just seems like kind of a lazy name. Um, but in any event, uh, I, I had to pick something up at the mall. I got it. Um, the fountain was beautiful. I mean, you feel like you're in the middle of a little village even though you're smack dab in the middle of a city with 27 million people. And that's the thing about Mexico City. People will tell you it's a huge city with 27 million people. And both of those things are true. But the combination of neighborhoods and public spaces makes you feel like you're not in a city with 27 million people. Now, having said that, I've seen the buses, and the buses are always packed. So I'll bet that if you've got to take that bus every day and stand in those crowds, you definitely feel like you're living in a city of 27 million people. I know my perspective is a little bit different because I'm very lucky I don't have to like be somewhere to take the bus or take the subway. And I know those places are super crowded, so I know my position is a little bit of a luxury position, but it it I appreciate it. And you know, you'll go you'll find a million places in Mexico City that oddly feel very private. And this little mall um is one of them. And so I ended my day with a bowl of chicken soup, which I know could not sound lamer, but it was like this Jewish deli. And they were supposed to have really good chicken soup. And as much as I love Mexican food, and I am so lucky to be in a country, in a city, where you can't have a bad meal. I mean, it's like Rome. Like, you would have to work really hard to find a place where the food isn't good. For my birthday, I just wanted, um, like, home cooking, so to speak. Not my cooking, because, no. 
but like home cooking, like home style sort of American food. And I know Jewish chicken soup doesn't really fall under that umbrella, but for me, it sort of does. So um, I ended my day with a bowl of, well, I didn't exactly end my day. I ended my day in Polanco with a bowl of chicken soup. And then I went home about nine o'clock that night. Um, And I get to my place and I'm home for about a half an hour. And all of a sudden I have a visit from two of the men that run the Airbnb I stay at that are like the loveliest, kindest men um, you could know, Oscar and Carlos. And, uh, and they were like, can we come in? And I was like, of course. And they had a birthday cake for me, a delicious chocolate hazelnut birthday cake, like whipped cream cake. And they sang happy birthday. And it was, you know, we had some cake and talk. And I said, it was a complete surprise. I mean, I because I, I, I couldn't figure out how did they even know it was my birthday. But then I thought, oh, maybe with Airbnb, they get that information. I didn't know. Um, so I said, I go, how did you know it was my birthday? And they said, Ivan told us. And Ivan was the gardener that I ran into on my way out, you know, 12 hours before when uh, he said, what are you doing for your birthday? And it all fit. I said, oh, did Yvonne tell you I said I was going to get a cheeseburger for my birthday? And <laughs> they started laughing. And they said, yes. They said that Yvonne, as soon as he left me, he like, went to them, the, you know, their place, because they live here too, and said, uh, oh, it's La Senora's birthday, because that's what they call me, La Senora. I wish they would call me La Doña or La Patrona, but I don't know how to ask for that because that would be heaven if I was like La Doña or La Patrona. But they're like, oh, it's La Senora's birthday. And he told them, and she's going to get a cheeseburger. But he told them in a way that made it sound super sad. And so then they were like, well, we'll celebrate her birthday. And they waited for me to come home. I didn't get back till about nine o'clock that night. And it they were like, happy birthday. And I, I just, I, you know, it was my mistake, I suppose, to say I was going to get a cheeseburger. But yet, I'm glad I did. And I'm glad that Yvonne took it as like, oh my God, she's so pathetic and lame. You have to do something for her. Because then I had the most wonderful cap to my birthday, which was a visit from Oscar and Carlos and the birthday cake they bought. So this was a different birthday, um, but it was a wonderful birthday. And I'm very lucky to live uh, where I live because Carlos and Oscar treat me like a member of their family. And so I have that element of home, even in a strange, not strange, weird, I mean, a strange to me, different country. Um, In I still have that little bit of home here. So I think, not to be like corny or anything, but I think wherever you go, you can make your own home. It just depends on how you live. And if you tell people that you're going to get a cheeseburger on your birthday and you say it like you're so excited because you are, they're going to think, oh, pobrecita, that poor thing just having a cheeseburger on her birthday And not realizing that that, for me, was a little bit of home, too, especially the extra pickles and the Shake Shack sauce, which is like, 
you know, the magic sauce on the Big Mac. Like, I don't know what's in it, but it sure is good. And then unlimited ketchup for fries. You don't, it's not like you're, you're limited with the amount of ketchup you can have. But first of all, you don't get, very rarely will you get a bottle of ketchup when you ask for ketchup. What you're more likely to get are a few packets of ketchup, just because ketchup isn't a huge condiment. Um, you can have as much hot sauce as you want, and there's like 70 different varieties. But, you know, if you like ketchup, you're not going to get it in the quantities you want necessarily. And I love hot sauce. And there's very little I eat here that requires ketchup. But when you're having a cheeseburger with extra pickles, you need a lot of ketchup. You need a lot of ketchup for the fries. And at Shake Shack, because it's like a little slice of home in Mexico City, you can have as much ketchup as you want. Um, I would tell you that when you come to Mexico City, you can skip Shake Shack because you're probably just coming for a visit and you don't want to waste any of your meals on something you could easily get at home. But you definitely want to see the Reforma neighborhood and you definitely want to go to Polanco. And if you can only go to one of the two, then I would pick Polanco because it has more character than Reforma. Reforma is just an amazing street to be on because you kind of feel like you're in the center of the world a little bit um, because, you know, of all the commerce and hotels and, and everything that's there. It feels a little bit like New York City. Um, but Polanco is completely different and even more beautiful. Um, and what you want to do when you're in Polanco is get off of Avenida Mazarique and go off into the little streets uh, side streets that have these amazing homes and small hotels, bookstores, restaurants. If you want to feel rich, super rich, go to Polanco. And if you want to feel like a snob, then go to Eat It Snob. And if you want to buy some things, go to Things. Um, I will end this with a big mistake I made. And I will warn you, because if you come to Mexico City, you can make the same mistake too. This is a super easy mistake to make here. I wanted to go back to the Zocalo, which is in El Centro. And it's, as I've described before, the world's biggest plaza. Like it's bordered by the Metropolitan Cathedral, the Presidential Palace, the Grand Hotel, some other huge buildings. And it's where they celebrate Independence Day. It's where they celebrate everything in Mexico City, in El Zocalo. And if you can just picture the biggest, flattest square dominated by a huge Mexican flag surrounded by huge old buildings, um, that's the Zocalo. It's the biggest public space I've ever seen. And it's always got something going on. And because it had been Day of the Dead... In the Zocalo, they, you know, there's ofrendas, which are like the memorials to the dead. They're everywhere. Um, and the Zocalo had ofrendas for like to honor the four corners of Mexico, north, south, east, west. And uh, they were gigantic. I went to go see the gigantic ofrendas because everything in the Zocalo is gigantic. Like there's nothing medium size or big or XL, it's all gigantic because the Zocalo was so big. 
So I went to see the ofrendas. Now, when I left my house, I don't know, around 11 in the morning, 12, it was a beautiful sunny day. And a cloud in the sky, um, a perfect day, again, to be outside. And the weather here is great. But the weather can change on a dime. And I was at the Zocalo, and it started raining. And it wasn't just a rain, like, oh, it's a little annoying. It was a rain that was like the heavens opened, and it was torrents, just torrential rains. And the Zocalo does not have one place to go that's open, uh, I mean, that's closed, rather, that's covered. It's, it's completely open. I mean, it's like standing in the desert. Um, except it's not, but the idea that there's nowhere to get any shelter. So I ran across this, well, I ran through the Zocalo, which first of all, easier said than done, ran through the Zocalo and then had to cross one of those incredibly difficult streets because I, there was an older, well, there's all older buildings. You're surrounded by older buildings. But one of those buildings kind of had, I don't know what the word is, but it's like where you're outside, but you are under some shelter. And uh, I saw that's where everybody was going. So that's what I do when I'm here. And my advice to you is the same. If you don't know what to do, just watch what the people who live here do. So I saw everybody was going to the same place. And so I went to, and now, you know, we were sheltered from the rain. Um, we went through some crime scene tape. Um, and there were some policemen nearby, but everybody was going. I don't know what the crime had been, but we all just sort of went through the crime scene tape and uh, stood in this sheltered area. And the police let us go through the crime scene tape. So I don't think it was a crime. Um, and it was like a weird moment because everybody was standing together under this shelter. And we just stood there and watched it rain and rain and rain. But it was funny. It was like there were a lot of people around, but people were kind of quiet and just hanging out. And there were some people eating. Like, you know, you can never stray too far from anywhere to eat. And so while we were standing in the shelter, some people came by selling food, selling drinks, selling souvenirs. Um, nobody misses an opportunity here to engage in commerce and eat. Um so I bought an ice cream, and it became almost like a carnival atmosphere, very festive, like we were all in this together. And that's one of the things I love best about Mexico, if not the thing I love best about Mexico, is you feel such a, like, like you're all in this together. And that's the best way I can put it. And after a while, the rain slowed down, and people, you know, sort of everybody went their own ways, and everybody got back to their own business. But for like 20 minutes, it was like you had the biggest and best family in the world. And that's just because we were all trapped waiting for the rain to stop. So maybe it wasn't a mistake to go out without an umbrella or a jacket. But then after the rain stopped and I left the Zocalo or I left the, uh, you know, the shelter to go back to the Zocalo, it started raining again and again. So it really was a mistake. It's a mistake in Mexico to think, oh, it's so nice and sunny at 11. It's never going to rain. It's always going to rain. 
always. You can pretty much count on every day it's going to rain. I'm not complaining because where I come from in Chicago, it's already snowed twice and it's cold. So I'm not complaining about the rain. All I'm saying is you're making a mistake if you're going to be out for a long time, not bringing a jacket and an umbrella. Um, and so those that's the lesson. Uh, that's the le- lesson I learned, even though I had been here five months. You can still learn a lesson. And of course, I'll continue to learn those lessons while I'm here because I will, I'm sure I'll continue to make plenty of mistakes. I love it here. The mistake is not moving here. I hope you like this podcast. If you did, please give it a good rating on Apple. Please subscribe. It's free. It's just, I don't even know why I'm asking people to subscribe or give it a good rating, except for my own ego, because it's not like I advertise anything. Anyway, um, stay tuned. There'll be another broadcast in two weeks. Thank you again for listening. Adios.